Before we get started on today's episode of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, want to remind you guys that Manscaped is here to assist you when it's time for you to hit your game winner. They are the best. They're number one. They're in a tier of their own when it comes to men's below-the-belt grooming. They have the best tools for the job, including the Lawnmower 3.0. If you're an amateur manscaper and you want to get up to speed, you want to make manscaping a part of your daily routine, get the Perfect Package 3.0 kit because it comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 as well as a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine, which are all essential, absolutely essential, to a perfect manscaping routine. You get the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, as well as the Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Again, you guys can get 20% off that Perfect Package 3.0 with free shipping when you use the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNBA live show presented by Illegal Pete. <laughs> I can I have a, I have a confession to make. I, I I've stopped making the air horn sound. I just like this. I just mouth it and I let you guys go with it. That's awesome. You suck, man. You, suck. <laughs> you don't even know. That's, uh, that's load management. Attention, illegal Pete's. No free burritos for Eric. No, none whatsoever. No free queso. In fact, double, extra free queso. Double attention to illegal Pete's. Uh, maybe open back up. <laughs> flex on our sponsors here get back to work also, also flex on the coronavirus i suppose uh i'm your host adam Matas. i'm joined as always by um a feisty version of eric you know him as D-Line Co. <laughs> sorry illegal peach <laughs> <laughs> is that a denver bear shirt that's a pretty yeah, it is it is i'm feeling uh, oddly nostalgic <laughs> oddly all right well that's good for today um since it is star wars day and also jordan day so a lot of a lot of things to be nostalgic about. Seated to the top right, the man whose hair cannot be contained by a single hat. <laughs> nor should it. <laughs> nor should it. Harrison Wynn. All right, let's um let's, yeah! keep, let's get this thing going here. I've got a I got a tea time in like a couple hours. So let's get this <laughs> Look at that thing. My oh, God. I know. You know what? You're like four inches taller right now with the hair. Uh, I'm like Ben like, Wallace back in the day. <laughs> totally Ben Wallace. Look at that. It's unbelievable. Don't away. Harrison uh, Wynn is not that tall. <laughs> Nobody's going to be able to concentrate if I have the hair out all, all right. I certainly couldn't. It's getting hot in here. Um, down <laughs> to the bottom right, it's Brendan Vogt. I can't follow Wynn's bit there. That tea time was really good. I got nothing. Hey, guys. <laughs> that was really tough. Another guy's got nothing. Patrick Baby Boy. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> honestly you nailed it that opening too man that, no, that opening was sick where's the baby boy come from have we talked about this so actually let, don't tell him patrick because um <laughs> it's actually a great subtle movie reference and it's probably a movie you guys have all seen so we'll see in the comments if anybody well if people can just ever see a flick called rocky Patrick, baby boy. That's how it's. it's I know what it's from. I put that in my um, five perfect movies. Oh, you did. Look at that. You actually did because I happen to remember your five perfect movies. Was that like for T-Mobile or something? Yes. (laughs) I put Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in. Good pick. Well, I guess our trivia is now over. So we have concluded the trivia part. There it is. Oh, I just want to talk. I just want to talk favorite five movies here Perfect i love movie. charlie kaufman what, what a great script <clears throat> okay I, yeah, that's fair that's fair <laughs> i uh i had queued up a few um 
crap, I can't find them anymore. I had queued up a few uh, vocal stretches since it's Monday. We're a little re- we're always a little musty, rest, <laughs> musty. We're a little musty on on Monday. Speak for yourself. I, I am. Yes, Har- I Harrison's am. hair is definitely musty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually, yeah, my hair has not been washed for I think two days. <laughs> is that due to quarantine, or is that just a life choice? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I definitely could have washed it. <laughs> I don't. This is we've reached the point of cor- the point of quarantine where you can brag about how little you've showered, and people are like, "Oh wow, two days. That's pretty awesome." Yeah, but nobody judges you now, right? That's like, what I like, mean. Hey, man, That's I what I mean. Yeah, I judge everybody that hasn't showered like still on a schedule that's the one thing you got to keep doing that and brushing your teeth don't don't get too gross um here i have one for you vote i have one oh i mean i just lost it again oh the foreign authorities put dorothy in an orange forest the foreign authorities put Dorothy in an orange forest. How great is wow. that? You already feel like you're wow. loosened up. I We're feel, getting... yeah. Let's <laughs> do 20 minutes on LeBron versus MJ right now. <laughs> now I'm ready. Yeah. Last one, Harrison. This one's for you to get a little loose. A skunk sat on a stump. The skunk thought the stump sunk. Stunk. Damn it. A skunk sat on a stump. The skunk thought the stump skunk. Stomo, so close. Oh, so close. Stunk, stunk. There you go. Or sunk. You want to do it? Perfect. Oh, that was so, a long one. Um, today's show, we welcome in Patrick as we always do um, for two reasons, actually, this week. One is just coincidental, but um, Patrick is a very big uh, MJ aficionado and historian. I'll go ahead and give you that label. So, MJ Mondays here as we um, talk about the, the last dance. Patrick, also an enormous Star Wars fan, as big as Star Wars. Uh, I am fan everything group. wrong with America. i bet he likes do you like coca-cola and mcdonald's as well (laughs) you know what i was born in the carolinas i'm uh i was raised a pepsi guy did you guys know this is a thing that carolina is a pepsi state what is that well they they invented pepsi so so atlanta invented coca-cola to be honest with you most people still drink coke it's kind of funny. I mean, Coke is just categorically better. It's not. Well, yeah, so yeah. my dad's law firm represented the Pepsi plant in town where I grew up, and all of their secretaries Naturally. drank Cokes. And one day, their big client came in and threw a fit, like was throwing like things, like was furious, right? <laughs> so they awesome. got all of the secretaries these big Coke holders or these big Pepsi, you know, holder like Huggies, and then they all just put their Cokes in there. And every time you would come in, they'd be like, ah. And he was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you, know, you drink what you got to do. You can do what you got to do. Yeah, like, like we at DNVR would never eat illegal or never eat Chipotle. Never. 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 Is it illegal, illegal to eat Chipotle? It is illegal. <laughs> Good God. Um, so this was a really – oh, look at – I can't even – Chira – I'm reading the comments as they come in. South Carolina had a Pepsi – cannery oh okay where they canned them gotcha well, hey, good, good little detail we're looking wow, a lot about rich Pepsi history there. really wow, rich culture moving quickly off of pepsi <laughs> and back to michael jordan there was more there than i thought though there, there was, was more there pepsi and michael jordan both came from the carolinas <laughs> <laughs> so dumb this is a clearly a monday show um so we uh I thought this last episode was the most content rich episode of the last dance in that I just have a lot of takes or a lot of like, it's not even takes. I just have a lot of things that I, I feel really, really interested about. Um, first, I guess the first question, what, Harrison, what did you think of this episode? Like, or these two episodes were, did, were they enjoyable? Were they new stuff? Like what's your broad strokes opinion of them? I thought that the gambling stuff was fascinating um just like all all the gambling stories and of course leading up into the end of episode six where we get a good idea of why jordan walked away from the first time yes um but just the gambling and just the competitiveness the raw competitiveness that he had um just always continues to stick out so i really enjoyed uh episode six and just because I feel like we're seeing Jordan continually just actually who he was just like this freaking asshole who was so competitive on and off the court. He's playing that freaking quarters game where he's trying to get the quarter as close to the wall and in uh, his little office, which isn't even a part of the rest of the locker room. And like, took what, that out. what the heck kind of game is that? And more like, like six for seven. Yeah. Just how competitive he was every facet of his life. It was so cool. 
so they talk about like he has the famous line of like uh about i don't have a gambling problem and i just part of me thinks like if you're gambling on quarters that you're tossing in the middle of a hallway you have a gambling problem like that's <laughs> what what he means by that right is i don't have a problem with having enough money to gamble irresponsibly yeah, right. right like yeah, that's really right. what he's talking about sure, like he has the like, gambling, you have a competitive yeah. problem you have a gambling exactly to me yeah to, to me when i watched that it was like if if every time you played a video game, Brandon, and you had to <coughs> cough up, you had to put money on the line to play it, like, and you lost it and you didn't care, but you just kept playing. Like, that to me is what MJ's gambling is. Like, who, like, I, I couldn't care less. Like, he just likes to, he just enjoys gambling. It's like people who play uh, online poker with money that well, just I are think, numbers. I are think numbers. he can afford yes. to have the, point. the problem, right. but the but problem, not- well, yeah, maybe. I mean, it might be not be like a healthy psychological like place to live in, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's any different. Than, Mike's already it's, it's deep like in that really... hole. There's, there's yeah, yeah. we were going to argue about literally everything on this because there's a lot of things that I think are. Different. And I'm with you, Eric. Yeah, he can afford to gamble and never run out of money. Like yeah. a, that's <laughs> what it's just like it's but, just like a number that changes. But here's what I'm talking. Here's here's the thing: is I felt like these two episodes more, maybe more so than any other, both turned a critical eye on MJ, but also in a way that he could control. And nothing is more telling than the repackaging of his gambling addiction, which is exactly what it was, as a competitive problem. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, my problem is I care too much. And it's like, yes, you're repackaging an actual (laughs) flaw in you that maybe you can handle and manage, but let's not repackage this as like i am just so driven don't, don't you think if you were the king if you were the absolute king of finding a way right to win and regardless of your drive or your work ethic if you happen to be six six with baseball mitt hands and like you know throughout your life mostly when you've wanted to do something you've been able to do it yeah don't you feel like at that point you probably do think i just need one more hand like don't you think you that feeds sure. into even worse oh, like no i can definitely it. win what are the odds that i won't win if i play if I it i'm michael jordan if i you keep know, yeah. playing i win yeah. yeah to, to me to me it's like um when you bring money into it what it does is it gets other people up to the level of your competitor because sure. if, if they lose it hurts them yeah <laughs> but if yeah if, if you yeah. win it doesn't it doesn't do anything for you it's like it just needs <laughs> other people to you know what i mean like sure. he's not he's not winning or losing money in a way that affects his life in any way shape or form but, but you could argue other people it gets the other side to, to rise up to, to the level of competitive. Sure, yeah, yeah. You, you can also it, it argue that if they lose. he's hurt worse than they are financially, psychologically when he loses. When he lost yeah. to that dude in quarters, and he was like, I give you four tries, and he got it on the first one, he's like, y'all get the hell out of here. He wasn't stoked for him. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's not Did like... not want to hang out with his friends anymore. Like, yeah. those are his friends, and he's like, get the hell out. <laughs> like, but but I think that the, you just looking at MJ now, and part of it is like both fun, but also I'm telling you there's a weird feeling watching mj with these eyes and like just looking unhealthy and all this stuff and thinking like he's chasing the dragon still and it it really is and that's why i call it an addiction because it really does feel like he's chasing the 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 dragon it's just like i have to get another hit of this and i'm now all i have is my security guard but i'm gonna throw quarters against the wall to get a little hit of it was it episode six where he like said that explicitly where he's like or someone else said it about him he just wanted to have your dollar in his pocket and look on the court that translates to probably the coolest career maybe in in athletic history right right but in life is this isn't that a little like not cool (laughs) i don't know why man like why are you like that because look at his life look at his where he's being interviewed, his life is incredible. He has everything he wants and more. And like, I don't know if that's true. He man. has everything we want, but I, I, don't, like, I don't know that, that he has man. everything he wants. I'm telling you, I have a lingering feeling watching MJ, and I love MJ. And this is not a critique of him, the basketball player in any way, but I do have this look of him of like, what is he doing right now? He looks like he doesn't even have a grasp on it. Like he just, he wants to get back yeah. to what he was, but it, there's no second act for him. That's and just he wants it, yeah. he wants your dollar more than the ones he already has. Yeah, and, and because it's yours. And like, how do you satisfy? Them? And you're you right, know? Eric, that he can afford it. This isn't a problem. I'm just talking about what part of the point of this documentary is for us all to sort of like recontextualize and analyze Jordan. And to me, this is part of it. As I'm looking at him, and I'm going, yes, he does have this addiction. And sure, we can call it a competitive addiction or whatever. But it is the same thing. It's like he doesn't know where to put this energy. And so he puts it into throwing quarters against the wall. And, I, I really do think this is what made him the best during sure. the course. Of the, but, and, and this is the price from that, right? Because right. I agree with Adam. I, 
I always thought this was going to be the case with Kobe. And, yeah. and, and this is part of what makes the, the death was always going to be really sad. But the loss of Kobe, what made it so tragic to me is like somehow he ended up going this other route and finding this Correct. second act that seemed like it was going to be all about inspiration and everything else. Now, Michael Jordan inspires me because anybody that gives to their craft that much. Right. And, and ends up hitting that level, that playing field and anything that I enjoy watching or studying is incredible. But also, I don't think George, I think he enjoyed the fact that he, you know, inspired people, but I don't think he was ever setting out to do that. He just wanted to prove himself all the time. I think Kobe found like a second niche where he was going to go on yeah, right, for like totally. the second half of his life. And I think Mike has never found that and is never going to. And I you, love him, but I just that, don't. You know where that comes from, though, is that Kobe Bryant hit the absolute rock bottom where he was. Yeah, yeah. He went he, like he became not only a villain, he became a criminal. Yeah. And he he had yeah. to completely reevaluate yeah. everything in his life. And like he then had a wife that he cheated on a lot that then right. suddenly became like the the source of his inspiration. His daughters came into his life and he sort of had to realize that everything he had done was not only leading him to a path of being like not inspirational, but like literally a scummy human being. And so yeah. he like Michael Jordan's just always been Michael Jordan. Like he just is yeah. a competitive guy. He's good at everything. Like there's a million athletes that are th the same way, but Michael Jordan doesn't have any other flaws that we can pick out on. Like Charles Barkley is a noted gambler. Like there's a million guys that are like super into gambling because it scratches that itch for them. Just, but we, we don't, don't we, talk about Barkley having, we don't, because we don't have any virtue. Else. That's the only thing I'm saying is but there's because we, we want Jordan so to be many, a certain thing. But I'm yeah. telling you, there's so many things with Jordan that we repackage into virtues when it's like, Maybe he's just really freaking great at basketball. Like maybe yeah. that's what it is. One of the biggest about him are not great qualities. It's just he's really good. And one of the biggest keys to Kobe turning his image around was rebuilding those other parts of him, right? Like moving right. Yep. closer to a holistic to. human being. He had, he had to. He, no, he I understand what you're saying, but then also to. like, isn't that what we loved about him towards the end? Towards the end, whereas like with MJ, we all love MJ, but it's there's not stuff about. MJ today we love. We love the icon and the figure, right? Yeah. But, but MJ has never crashed. Make... That's the thing. He's just but, always but, but, been the same. I don't think Kobe turned that full leaf until even later in his career. Yeah, I, I agree. Until the last two or three years. I don't I think agree. it was. Maybe I agree that that impacted him and the criminal stuff and everything else. But he stayed the asshole that was going to kill everybody to win all the way up until he wasn't going to win anymore. And then at that point, everybody Great talked about point. that dinner right. with Jordan where, where he was like, he left it saying, I'll be damned if that's going to be me. And Michael had sure. always been his idol. And I think sitting there, I, I can only imagine what they talked about, but I have thought about it a lot. I can only imagine Michael sitting down and giving the least amount of comfort imagine. Be like, you're cursed. <laughs> you're, cursed. you're just like me, yeah. man. We're, we're, we're cursed now. Like, It'll I itch till you die. It. And yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, it's, instead, of, instead of changing, Jordan just walked away. It's like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. change for you. I'm not going to change for the league. I'm not going to change for David right. Stern. And I'm just trying to say there's a real, like, sort of wild strawberries feel to this, this whole, like, documentary. It, this is a reference only Patrick's going to catch, but the movie Wild Strawberry, a very famous Igmar Bergman movie where a guy, great, very well respected, everything else is sort of going to receive an honor, and he's reliving his life, and he just feels very, very hollow and empty, while everybody else is assigning these, like, great things to him almost a citizen kane feeling i was gonna oh, say you should have said yeah. citizen kane, oh, citizen kane sure could be that's all i'm saying is that with m with mj it just uh, this isn't even a knock on him it's more about what am i taking from it and that's right, one of the right, things right, i'm taking right. from it is i'm like man he really does seem like he doesn't have anywhere to put everything that he that made him who he is now Dude, and, don't and you think he, he him being so great like i'm gonna say the greatest and him being the coolest is probably why he didn't oh, self-analyze. If you're, if everything's going great, you do rarely sit back and go, well, well I, I need to should maybe reevaluate <laughs> yeah. all of this. Like Kobe's yeah. chasing this Kobe? legend. And right. of course he's going to be thinking about it. Jordan's just going out and he's like, well, tonight I'm going to kick this guy's ass. <laughs> right. Tomorrow night I'm going to kick. And he was able to do it. Like, yeah. I don't think he ever self-evaluated anything. Like, I, I just think he went out and kicked everybody's ass. Like that, yeah. he was great, but. That's what comes with it. So. And it's not all to dunk on him either, right? I mean, I don't know. There's something very poignant. I think I don't remember. It's the end of episode six or seven where he speaks about his why he's thinking about hanging it up and, and essentially saying like, it, if not explicitly, I don't want to be anything for you people. You know, like right. and if you're if you're not buying it, maybe buy something what someone else is selling. Like yeah. maybe I'm not the guy you should be following. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we don't have to revere him, but 
man, is he also entitled to that as an individual, oh, I, I think. Sure. And so I did think that sort of the way they juxtaposed those things was really, I thought, poignant in this episode. I, I really enjoyed, obviously, the, the Kobe parts early on. Before the series began, we got the report that, like, oh, man, the Kobe parts are really going to be a punch to the gut. And I don't know how you felt about this, Eric, but I didn't necessarily feel like a punch to the gut on the Kobe part. I kind of enjoyed them. I thought they were actually yeah. like a very positive moment. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're, you know, every time Kobe is mentioned, like, we have to have an, another funeral for him on, on Twitter. So, like, <laughs> yeah. anytime there's like a, a any, it, it has to be like sad, but it wasn't sad. It, was it wasn't like, sad. Yeah. It, yeah. It was like, okay, cool. Like, it, it is really interesting to see um, not only uh what mj's legacy was just to the league but also like the direct impact he had on players that will say as much like i learned from him i asked him what to do i you know that's the thing about jordan is he's he started from scratch like he in in a sense like he just kind of was who he was there weren't a lot of players at least yeah, like notably yeah. that played the way he did and now totally there's a original. lot of people that have like yeah that have like been cast in his mold and so um yeah i didn't i didn't find it sad at all i just thought it was yeah the toughest part about it was just i don't know for me just seeing kobe's image talking i mean that, that that's the yeah. for me just seeing him but he was involved in one of the coolest scenes of the whole uh mm -hmm. episode i thought before the 98 all-star game like that locker room yeah, footage definitely. was incredible oh, so that, laker boy gonna go one -on -one. For that young yeah. laker kid that was incredible yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and jordan was like feeding into it too it was like he's gonna go one-on-one -on -one. It, it was just like awesome I love loved when he said I would never pass that boy the ball. I oh yeah! Him. Oh, he's dead serious too. <laughs> Jordan is just so effortlessly cool. I mean, that's the thing about him. Like even in that locker room, every other player in the locker room seems like just a guy. And we're talking yeah. about like Hall of Famers, but is this Jordan smiling and talking and everybody kind of being like? <laughs> I'm a little excited, a little scared that he'll come out to you, but also revering him. Reggie Miller was quiet, which yeah. I don't think I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah, you, you know what I what I actually took away from this last set of episodes is like I started to feel the weight of the Jordan world. Like, mm. there's it's just like so much of just everything going on, like this happening, this happening, this person's talking to him, he's got to be here, like, after he wins, he asks if he can have, like, two minutes to himself, to just be by, and, like, I, I, like, I felt the weight of just, like, oh, man, man, it's just, like, a lot. That's just good documentary filmmaking, right? Because, I mean, yeah. that this is the episode we were supposed to get to that. That's how everyone came away feeling. Like, you're right, all the weight came down in this one. We've established all the characters, right, and we're jumping back and forth, but now it's really, I mean, from here on out, you would think structurally, right, we're going to get the, the taking off for baseball, seven, eight, you're going to get the comeback with 96, nine, yeah. you're going to get the 97 run, right? And then the last one, the 10th, presumably, will just be that final series, I'm assuming. So right. the structure is really kind of fully fleshed out now. Yeah. Let's take, right, let's take a quick break, Harrison. Are you, you ready to pull these up? Um, when we get back on the other side, though, there's there's a lot. We're, we're kind of almost behind schedule, but there was just so much in this one that I want to get to all of it. Yeah, guys. So first we got Breck Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. That's right. It's still open, of course. So you guys can get takeout. You can get delivery. If you're looking to switch it up from uh, a home-cooked meal, which I'm sure a lot of us are doing these days, uh, you can call up the farmhouse at 303-803-1380. They are available for delivery 12 to 8. You can also How many get times have you guys gotten delivery from the farmhouse? Three times? Like barbecue every four. time? Always the barbecue. Always barbecue. The wings are incredible. They got good salads too. What's what's Carolina style barbecue? What does it mean, Patrick? Mustard based. Yeah. So, well, no. Like, Western like North it. Carolina is uh, mustard, but uh, Eastern is uh, like a vinegar base. It's got like a vinegar rub. So it gives a little bit of a tang. It's great. It's like sugar. It's really and good. It's really good. Yeah. So you can get food and beers delivered as well. Uh, we also got to talk about something that. Um, very excited to talk about, guys. Uh, we had our first DNPR golf tournament this weekend on uh, 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 What did you uh, talk about this for? Yours truly. Quickly through this. Quickly through snack. this. I'll be right back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think we've decided a winner yet, but if you we guys have. look on the uh, WG leaderboard yeah. on the app, there's a one next to my name. Unbelievable. Can we be honest, man? The, that WGT golf game is so much fun. It really I'm is. Good. It's good. I have not played video games in years, and I'm addicted to this stupid one. But I'm getting really good at it. I'm going to beat Harrison by the end of, let me think, 
Yeah, if you guys want to get involved in the tournaments, dnvrgolf.com, that's where you can download the app from. And then just search for the DNVR Country Club, and then uh, you'll be in. We'll be doing a lot more tournaments as well, so you can try to beat me in uh, future weekends. Dude, I'm going to do it. I'm determined to chase you down now. I know. <laughs> I know. it. I know. But chase down. Do we have a read where I can talk about my FIFA championship? No. Another interesting thing about this episode. So the Nike execs, there's so much about MJ that's so fascinating. Not just him, but how his career unfolded. The whole story about Nike. First of all, I had no idea that Jordan was an Adidas guy. It's such an it's such an alternate. Did you know this detail, Patrick? Yeah. What an alternate like universe that. out there where Adidas is like the cool company and Nike is just like it would never be cool. So, <laughs> so many things had to happen, even with Nike, though, right? I mean, it, it all had to come together exactly exactly well, yeah. what it did. But what did they mean when they said Adidas was not in like a functional place? Like they couldn't get a shoe together for Michael Jordan? Like you can't yeah. figure that I, out. I think they couldn't produce at the level as yeah. quickly, right? Like I they see. weren't ready to go. They weren't ready to hit the ground running. And like for mm-hmm. Nike to who literally started as the running shoot, right? Where the, I don't know if you guys have ever looked into like Prefontaine at all, but the coach sure. at, was at Oregon that used to yeah. take the waffle irons and make the bottoms of the shoes that would literally fall apart by the end of the race. You think about that being, I know every company starts humbly, but like that being the beginning and then like we bet on Michael Jordan and now we're Nike and it's yeah. just like the ultimate brand as far as shoes go. So good bet. Incredible. That was a good bet. Yeah, it worked, worked out. Eric, who needed who more? Michael needed Nike or Nike needed Michael? I mean, I oh, think Nike, Nike needed Michael. Absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it seemed, it, I mean, the way things play out, it seems like unthinkable now that Nike wouldn't be Nike, but Nike wouldn't be Nike. The ideas yeah. would be Nike. It's like, <laughs> maybe. No, you know, it, it's like, it was a perfect marriage, though. Nike yeah. saying when these shoes were, the NBA is like, no, you can't wear them. Them being like, wear them every game. We, we're paying the fine. <laughs> You're going to market your shoe as the yeah. illegal shoe. That the oh, league yeah. can't handle. I mean, are you kidding me? That's like putting a book on like the, you know, you can't read it list. You know what I mean? Like anytime oh, yeah. you're giving bad press and stuff, it's like, well, everyone's going to see this. And it's to like, market to a more diverse community to get into the urban culture yeah. through yeah, Spike. Sure. I mean, that's really progressive stuff, man. And and I don't know if this is Jordan team's idea or not, but the idea to be updating the shoe, which at the time was innovative and yeah. not just have these same two designs. Right. Well, but they, the, they, the times there was a different shoe to match the times, and that's still the case to this day. So obviously they needed Jordan, but almost a little Jerry Krause dynamic there with Nike as yeah. well. No, I mean Nike almost lost Jordan. He he really didn't yeah. like the second the second edition of the mm. of the shoe. Jordan yeah. two stuck. The Jordan twos, yeah, they kind of sucked. And he almost well, walked. Is that the case? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you guys know that it was like a player model shoe? A really foreign thing before the Jordan ones because I was thinking of that Converse episode or commercial where they're all holding the same exact shoe. Mm -hmm. Uh, There weren't there weren't any individual. It was a team sport, and that's why Nike said you got to treat this like tennis. They had the tennis stars. They said this is an individual we can market around. This is what's so fascinating. Oops, this is what's so fascinating about it is that they're literally talking about the blueprint for how (laughs) basketball is discussed now. They're like, Yes, it's a team sport and everybody talks about it, but we need to turn it into an individual sport for marketing purposes. That's they're laying it all out there. And and that marketing tied into Jordan's influence on the league, which literally influenced play styles and stardom for generations to come. Ripple effects from the way these dudes are talking back in 1984 about what we're going to turn basketball into. They don't realize that's what they're talking about, but it is. We're going to turn basketball into the hero's journey. And every year we're going to find a new hero. Jordan also having that the agent to go into Nike mm. and essentially demand what he demanded and make it happen. I mean, like, again, there's just so many things had to break. Just, it's dumb. like Jordan's whole career. What as incredible dumb. as he yeah. was, you can picture Jordan being just as great as he is, whether you think he's the best, second best, whatever, but winning three titles, you know, or winning. Like, I don't think many people could imagine him going winless for a career. But, like, you can imagine it going different. And we talked about this, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago where we were, his story is just – the layout of it is incredible. Like it's just, I don't know how that happens where you lose and lose and then you learn to win and then you just win the, you know, the rest of the way through. Another little detail in here that I loved Jerry Krause, they show the 92, I think at this point um, finals drenched in champagne and Jerry Krause, Make sure to say, you know, it's organizations. Like, Dude. It's a fantastic Dude. organization. 
<laughs> Incredible. <laughs> celebration. They just came back from 20 down. He's like looking for Jordan out of the side of his eye yeah. while he's talking. He's like, Jordan was probably like he watching the real copy of this thing. He was like, put that in. Make sure that's it. <laughs> he finishes that interview. new ways to like just make fun of the deceased, the late Jerry Krause. They cut immediately to him asking Michael Jordan for a victory cigar. Where Michael says you can't have it, it will stunt your growth, right? <laughs> you notice, like, they're always putting the terrible Krause moment right before Michael ribs him. So, like, because like, the ribs are bad. To like, make ah, it yeah, seem like it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was an asshole. Better about it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. That Michael is being a dick yeah. Right. No, it was solicited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Krause really liked uh, Dan Marley, so they made sure to, like, shut down Dan Marley. Jordan made sure to shut down Dan Marley in the playoffs. <laughs> I, this seems like a Jordan's memory thing. Someone tweeted it. Like he probably mentioned him one fucking time. Yeah. And, yeah. He just, and that also, was it. For probably would have shut down Marley either way. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. right, you're probably better than Marley. But yeah, yeah. the Jerry Krause seemed to love everybody that wasn't on his team, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, we're saying like he's being painted the villain, but like, has there ever been somebody who was more interested in all the guys who aren't winning while your team's winning? Yeah. And we're currently kicking everyone's ass it is really crazy like it is like he's always looking for some reason that it's not the players on the court yeah like, no one would have gone that far to tony kukoc in a war-torn country at that time know. if they were kicking everyone's ass there's so much interest we got to keep moving because i oh. want to get to that part okay. we're now at the dream team which that that was the one segment I did not necessarily enjoy of this, and only because I've heard all these stories and I've heard them told the exact same way. It's like part of me is I've heard Magic Johnson tell the exact same story. Like <laughs> I can times. listen to it like twenty four hours a day, though. Really? I can listen to Magic <laughs> story like that, man. He's an incredible storyteller. <laughs> of all the things that I think history has, like uh, when we're talking about Jordan and the, these stories, the dream team to me, and this is going to be, people are going to be so mad about this. The dream team to me is the one that is the most overrated in terms of like their actual, not in their impact. The impact was immense. It was huge. But they would First of all, Larry Bird couldn't even play. He couldn't even practice. He wasn't even in that greatest game I ever played. He was sitting on the sideline watching. Magic Johnson was out the league four months later. Um, Chris Mullins, come on, man. Like, Half of these guys, great player, but when people talk about this greatest game that was ever played, the greatest collection of talent, I'm like, man, half those dudes were weren't even playing. I don't know. It was you've talked about this before, Adam, but they they were perfectly constructed as far as getting everyone at their peak. I think we imagine them all at their peak. A hundred percent. In which case, I would say, yeah, without a doubt. I just think there's there's nothing to exploit there. They're good at every position twofold, and they're great and. But but yeah, some, guys, after this. Yeah, right? some guys were not good at that point or, or they were shells of themselves. The legends probably like born from their interpretation of this, right? Like the closest they get to that is the all-star game in which even back then for all the glorification, it is still an exhibition match. And it's not like people are playing with pride on the line. And I think the best players in the world all want to know, like what would it really look like if it was just us in a room with pride on the line? So yeah. that dynamic manifested and I actually think they probably lost all objectivity on how good the game itself was. 100%. Right? But, that, but, but that's still like a, a really well, cool athlete story. Like, and, I was in that room, you know? And also remember that we're coming out of, like, we actually did lose the Olympics, right? We lost to Russia at a time where it yeah. was, or the USSR, at a time where that was really painful and that was really the two superpowers. So you're coming out of that and you're like, well, we're going to bring our stars. And the world's also so far behind the impact of watching people just completely dominate as if they're playing, you know, little kids that stays with you, I think longer than any piece of the game, right? Like now the world's closer. So even if you get a team as good, it's not going to be utter dominance in the same way. Right. And you won't well, yeah, remember yeah. it as, Oh, they were unbeatable. You know? Well, yeah. Different. That was the bigger message they were sending to the world because like, they were beating up on a bunch of teams that would lose to decent college teams today. But right. It was like get whole your autograph team. afterwards. Yeah. It was the whole Cold War thing, and like, yeah, it was like, oh, the U.S. is, you know, we're unbeatable on the basketball court. So, yeah. like, it was the bigger message there. Dude, the I, impact I guess... is huge. I'm not trying to understate the impact. I'm just trying to. We we talk about like, oh, this team was incredible. It's like, all right, there's a handful of players on there that were either. Well, they were incredible. You're ta- you're you're arguing whether or not they were the greatest team of all time, right? It's like. I'd take a team with Mike. You're talking about Michael Pippen, Charles Barkley. Like, all right, yeah. give me those three. David like, Robinson, pretty yeah. good, pretty oh, good squad. Again, it's really, really good. Were you? Did you have another point there, vote? You wanted another thread? You wanted? I just wanted to jump in the Kukoc thing, man. I really did. Let's get to it because that's another fascinating 
Kukoc is an interesting case study in this. Was he presented positively, do you think, Vote? In this? I think he came off great. I, I think he too. did. And also, can you imagine being, he's like, wow, I can't wait to meet my new friends, Michael and Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> they just beat the hell out of him. It's like, it and is. He doesn't know why it's happening. Again, yeah. there's another like really funny story here in that you've got Michael and Scotty, famous, powerful, talented, everything else. And you got Tony Kukoc, who's overcome a civil war and like all of this. And it's like, I'm going to meet my heroes. And they're just like, I hate your guts for something you don't even understand. Yeah. It, they were putting this on Twitter. I saw Bomani, Bomani talking about it. Pippin in that one shot they have oh. early on is wearing fake Jordans, Jordan knockoffs. <laughs> How great is this? This is fantastic. Wait, what? That when they show him and he's in the full Jordan um, jumpsuit, Bomani was saying this was a knockoff Jordan outfit, like not a real Jordan outfit. <laughs> like Jordan couldn't get him hooked up, like what? Or he's not allowed to wear well, what? it? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or wouldn't? Yeah. I also really love just the story of him getting completely dominated, caught off guard, and then bouncing back and Happy fighting again. back, and them kind of being like, hey, you know, he what? comes off so sympathetically. It's like this is just a kid who happens to be really good, and unfortunately, the general manager of another group <laughs> likes him. And so the, these are the most hyper competitive person ever, and the guy who thinks he's being mistreated so they can usher this guy in are now going to just come after you every single play. And it did seem like it was more of a Scotty thing almost too, right? Because he had the contract situation. It sounded like yeah. the way they described it. It's the Jordan yeah. Doc, but it sounded like Scotty dominated that game. Yeah, because they weren't paying Scotty and they were getting ready to pay yeah. Tony. I like that. I like that it was finally Scotty who was actually kind of being a dick. Like he went into the press. <laughs> like after after they, they kicked Tony Kukoc's ass, he goes to the press and he's like, I mean, if he's that soft, he's never going to make it in the NBA. Michael, <laughs> yeah. Michael, at least after he kicked his ass right in the interview, is like, you know, he's a young kid. It's one game. You shouldn't judge him. He wanted to murder him. But then right. he kind of did the whole, all right, I've been here before. Let me see how I can gloss over this. Scotty's just like, what a loser. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's because Jordan is too good, man. I'm telling yeah. you, he just knows exactly like, oh, I'm in front of the cameras. I need to throw the guy a little bone. I need because he just knew when to be. Right. The killer, when to be the marketing face and everything. And it was it's just the and way he was, he was probably great to, to hang out with after he kicked your ass. But if you beat him, he was probably the worst guy ever to be around. What do you think, Eric? Is MJ great to hang out with in this time? Like, are you if you're in the plane with him, are you in the back gambling and, and, and stuff with him? Are you in the front with uh, <laughs> no, no, Will I mean, this is like this is like uh cool guy, uh you know, like hanging out with the cool guys, you don't really feel like you're with it you're like you're afraid <laughs> yeah. you're gonna say the wrong thing they, they clown on you the whole time like, you're pretty girl never quite comfortable yeah like no it, admire it, her mean, from afar you could just see like on the face of all of his teammates when he'd be like hey cheese it or whatever hey. like, everybody <laughs> like, oh shit he's well, here and, oh. yeah and they're all like after the the dot after the episodes the other night barkley talked about this on espn when jordan would beat you he would never let you hear the end of it. He, he would just hound you for weeks and months and years. Again, not a good hang. Like, yeah. awesome. And then, then there was that other scene where Jordan goes into the locker room after one game or the series against the Knicks. Or no, Ewing goes into the Bulls oh, locker yeah. room. And Ewing's like, that was a great series, man. And Jordan's like, we kicked the shit out of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree any relationship that fell apart with Jordan was probably Jordan's fault. Right. <laughs> like, everybody had to what? deal with more from him, and he this probably actually... won ninety-five percent of the time. And the other five percent, if you beat him, I'm sure he just never wanted to be your friend again. This brings yeah, me to my next point: that what's the difference between the Knicks and the Pistons? Because Jordan seems to like the Knicks and is over it. The Knicks, this this is a relationship. The Pistons is not. And I he keep thinking to beat the Knicks. He exactly. Knew he had the this Knicks. is what I was gonna say. There's yeah. look the Pistons. I'm not trying to stand for the Pistons. Like I hate the bad boys. I think they were I, whatever. But I do think there's something to Jordan and that they were the one team that got him. And like yeah. John Sally finally now is saying Jordan's the best. But five six seven. Whenever he was hosting, remember that show, the best damn sports show period, yeah. or whatever. He, he would, would clown MJ it. all the time. He, he would, would never, never say it. it. And yeah. I think there was a thing with MJ where it's like f those guys because they're the one guys that can look down on me a little bit. And but also, man, I don't know. It's cool that he says it now, but also, if he couldn't beat me until the full squad was assembled with Phil and everyone, I would yeah. I would feel that way too. I would oh, be like, 100%. that's the guy. And that's why, but I'm saying this is why I think Jordan and by extension, the entire world has like looked at the bad boys this way as of like, 
there's just this negative connotation. And look, some of it, is, a lot of it is brought on. They brought that on themselves yeah. or whatever. But I'm just saying the Knicks did the same stuff. Knicks weren't even that good. This is another hot take I'm going to throw out there. John Starks, their second best player. They Those Knicks teams were the, the, the Knicks were trying to be trying to be the Pistons. But you know what? The, one big difference is, honestly, I don't know if this made any difference. Oakley was their enforcer, and Oakley was Jordan's protector. Lambeer wanted to break Jordan's leg. Yeah, right. So yeah, like the sure. difference in that, even if two teams are being rough, is like Oakley's not gonna hurt me, right? He's gonna send message. Yeah. He might hurt Pippen. I mean, it also seems like whether it's to be believed or not. I mean, just the uh when the competition was over and there was no handshake given from the Pistons, that like really made it just it, it was for Jordan, it was like oh, okay, I guess I guess this was real then. All right, maybe, it's real, maybe, it's real. maybe. That's I the think that bothers Jordan to this tell. day. I agree. Yeah, I think that that's bothers the story him he gets to tell. Sure. Jordan's, Jordan's just gotta get over that, man. If you're that hyper competitive and, and you bit your lip and like went and shook their hands though three years in a row while they were no, trying I get to it. hurt you, you don't think you'd still have it? Like I'd still have it. Maybe twenty years later. But I think I'd still have it. Um, another great story again, and then we're going to start bringing some people in to talk about this. But there's the, so much good stuff. I, I know there's so much good stuff. That's why we're not doing any other segments, but the steps at the end. I see Hamburglar. I see you waiting. You're going to be on here in a second. Um, cigarettes and drinking beer at halftime. So MJ, it's funny because what's the statute of limitations on secrets? Because MJ is like clearly believes it's 30 years because he is ready to just talk about everybody cheating, everybody doing drugs. Dude, a sugar, was back then. A lot of bugger sugar. He, he was like a narc, like by accident. Everyone's like, dude, cool it. We can get in trouble. You can't. We can. Stop it. It's actually really hilarious to see them like freaking out about like, don't show us drinking beer. And he's like, no, sure. Like there's an argument about whether or not they yeah, should be viewed yeah. drinking a beer. You think about how weird 92 was compared to now. Um, but no, uh, there really is uh, him telling the story about how when he came into the league, first of all, they were doing cocaine and all this and stuff or whatever on the previous episode. And then this time talking about how when I first came into the league, they were smoking cigarettes and drinking beer at halftime. It really does give you this perspective of like, man, come on, what was the league then? Like, yeah. people don't talk candidly about the NBA in 1980s. We know there was cocaine problems because people were dying. It was mostly 70s, but even early 80s. But the cigarettes thing, I thought that was more of a Bill Walton era of basketball. Right. I did not think that was a golden era 1980s thing. This is well, this is surprising think, to me. Think about think about two things. One, obviously, if people are smoking cigarettes at halftime, Michael Jordan's really going to kick the crap out of everybody if they're like <laughs> drinking it's what he's already going to beat like the best athletes in the world yeah. so that's one side of the argument where you're like well of course michael dominated i mean these guys weren't even didn't even take conditioning seriously the other side of it though is what if michael wasn't smoking three cigars a day and drinking and eating a big mac on the way oh, to the can you imagine if like they conditioned his body was perfect but what if he had a chef and he took care of his body and didn't even didn't even take in any sugar much patrick, less like patrick years could he have been more athletic I guess probably not. Come on, like, he might have he might have lasted longer. I just wonder. Yeah. I guess he never broke down either. But it, it just I, maybe we're seeing that with LeBron now, though. That's what I'm it saying. What, what if LeBron yeah. plays to 45? Yeah, and maybe Jordan could have done that. that. I guess that's my argument. Like, yeah. but, but, but Jordan didn't quit because he was he didn't quit because he was out of shape. Let's talk about quitting here on the next segment. We'll do. Uh, actually, first I'm going to bring on the Hamburglar. Oh baby, hey. Hey. what's up, what's up brother? Hey. Hey. Look at that. Oh, oh, nice. Wow, you are so nice. wow. I'm good. I'm good. Nice. Yeah, good Checks in the mail, dude. Your DNVR hard more hard than all. I gotta get the DNVRing. DNVRing harder. Look at look at the mic. You got yeah, the, you know. Oh, well, I, was, I, like I don't have much else to do but prepare my setup. I do have a mic. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, if you want um, background. it's time for Harrison for another read. And uh you can now help us interrupt yeah, it. Yeah, go for it, man. So Harrison, you do it. I like how you bring him oh, on right before I'm going to do a read. Makes fun of always as you see fit. That's why Adam is, Adam is definitely the Jordan of this uh, podcast. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, we've got, got, nice got a little Jordan. Mountain Dental in Lakewood. Green Mountain Dental in Green Mountain. You don't want to drink a strawberry sky before going there. Nice. I went to the dentist today. I've only been out of my house like four times, and one of them was to go to the dentist today. How terrible is that? Good story, Adam. Great podcast. I know you're allowed to go to the dentist right now. Yeah, I guess select dentists are open. Um, If you guys schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, they'll hook it up with a free sonic air toothbrush. It'll change your life. It'll change your life forever. Do you remember when Harrison would ask us every time he did this read, do you guys like electric toothbrush? That was like the first two times, man. 
first two yeah. models. I'm, I'm with Harrison. How else do you introduce? I, listen, I'm with Harrison here. It's Harrison. You're doing a great job. I could really clear things off while three other people or four or five are, are kind of like jostling back and forth and that's making cut. That's, that's difficult. That's, well, a, that's Patrick, a difficult delay like, too. I've had like six months practice. So. <laughs> we don't know how sponsors feel right? about it yet. But. Is that? Are you done now? Is that? Is are we good? Green yeah, Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental. Uh, free Sonicare. Life. We've also got uh, Strava Craft Coffee. Do you guys, uh, did you hear about that huge giveaway that they were doing? They're not doing it anymore, but they were doing it. Uh, hopefully you guys got in on it. Thanks, yeah, What was it? Great what information. Was it? They were giving away uh, $1,000 gift cards. Strava Craft Coffee online. Wow. You know what is on its way to my house right now? Strava Craft Coffee. Oh, same with me, actually. Let's it up. Once you hooked it up, man. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, all right, Hamburglar. Best handle, by the way, in all of Twitter, I have to say, the Hamburglar. Um, so what are you enjoying? Are you watching this the last dance? Uh-oh. Oh, this connection is terrible. Are you not able to hear Hamburglar? Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Oh no, that's real oh, delayed. No. Oh no, I have been, yeah. What's really interesting for me actually, I have an aunt and uncle who are from the Detroit area. Oh yeah, it's really bad. Oh I can kind of hear you guys. Oh, I think he's on um, like a good solid like 30 second delay. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I want oh, his egg though. He's got family from Detroit. This is gonna be great. He's, he's, he's ready to. Uh, he's so primed to kill it. Had hamburglar. He was waiting for so long. That was gonna be gold. That was that was gonna be gold. Um, the segment I want to talk about though, hamburger try to fix your internet, plug into something. The segment I want to talk about here is the uh, fame, the fame part because it's never really discussed with MJ this way. Like he just seemed to navigate it so well, and maybe you knew this better than I did, Patrick. But I think coming out of this last week's episodes, I feel like I understand why he walked away from the game. I never understood it. I think he, it's terrible for everybody to be stuck in your hotel room all the time when you're not playing. Sitting there smoking a cigar and talking about this isn't a life you envy where I can't well, leave my hotel room. Like that's the first time I've ever heard MJ in that. Let me turn this around because I, I know that there's more, it's more invasive now, right? Like Twitter, you can't get away from it now. But do you guys think, because I always thought, oh God, what would Michael do today? Like he'd be exposed immediately. Do you think any one player is followed the way Jordan is? Though? Like I feel like no one else was followed then and it was just him. So he got all the attention Man, and, and yeah. he must have looked around and seen other stars even in the I NBA and be like, yeah. they're fine. Now it's almost like there's this camaraderie, I feel like, among sure. the NBA. Because we, we love stars now. we got a bunch of NBA stars. Like it's a great time in the league now and it used to really be the jordan show for like six seven eight years where it was like michael jordan and company yeah there's something to that i think yeah there's definitely something to it you know what's funny this year at media day i asked all the nuggets players about fame and i was very careful about the question because i didn't want to phrase my question in a way that led to a positive or negative connotation of fame i just asked him about like about fame and I was so interested because I was expecting a lot of them to talk about the burden of it, but none of them did. They all interpreted my question as a positive. And like Will Barton, for example, said something like, I feel like that's just what we get for all the hard work we put in or something like that. But my question was very deliberately about like trying to try, trying to allow them to interpret it how it wanted. They all saw it as a positive. Now, the Denver Nuggets aren't very popular. They are like one one millionth of a Michael Jordan. So I found that really, really interesting that – because all these superstars do seem genuinely unhappy with their fame. Well, and- I, I think the other part of this is, you know, like Michael's dad comes out, right? And he says, he's done everything you guys have asked him to do, yada, yada, yada. Adam, you've talked about this. The media is not your PR person. But with Jordan, it kind of was. Like, you know, they asked him to be the face of the league. They yeah. painted him as this image that we all believed in, right? This full myth. 100%. Told him, you're going to inspire kids. You've got to be perfect. I feel like he he followed the rules. He crossed every T, dotted every I. And then in his free time, he was like, guess what? I'm going to gamble a million dollars on this golf hole. And I think the minute that got uncovered and turned around on him, he was like, wait a minute. I've been, in a way, faking this or at least exaggerating it to be able to market the league, make more money, right. get everyone inspired, be this figure. And now the same people who have been a part of that machine – have undercut it. I, I think that's a big difference too, right? Like now, no one's really got this force behind them, and then it turns on them. Totally. Now it's, it's yeah. this big ocean you got to navigate. This is, that was, this this is Kevin Durant. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think pre-Jordan stars and sports were like covered for what they did off the court, really. 
Yeah. Like, like nobody really covered those guys, what they did outside the lines. Unless you hopped in a white Bronco and just floored them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that nobody's was talking that about was Yeah, around. no, you're right. Yeah. No, yeah. Nobody's talking about really what Larry Bird did on the weekends, you know? Right. Like, right. Th- that really started with Jordan, and that was, like, him going to Atlantic City felt like the first real, like, entertainment journalism type yeah, thing that, right. like, dominates the industry today. That was, yeah. like, the first one it feels like. But even the Sam Smith book causing that much tension is just so interesting to me. And again, one of the things that we contrast and compare these these athletes to a lot is like, well, they didn't have to deal with social media. But I think the Sam Smith book causing as much friction as it did to me is proof of like, hey, man, those guys did not have it like the guys yeah. have it today in ways yeah. both positive and negative. But sure. in, this, in this specific instance, it's certainly a negative because they were all <laughs> insecure about the things that were said in that book. Yeah, I felt bad for Horace Grant, man. I was like, oh, oh, this is... This Give us some backstory on Horace Grant. The, snitch, the Bulls don't seem to like him. Jordan doesn't seem to like Horace Grant. He and Pippen were really well, good Well, because they traded Oakley for him, probably. Well, but Horace, remember, Michael never forgets anything, right? Horace leaves, beats the Bulls with the magic, and he's up yeah. being held up. Like, Shaq's yeah. holding Horace up, and he's pumping his fist. Everybody always talks about he never forgot that stuff, right? Like, B.J. Armstrong, this hasn't come up yet. Maybe they'll cover it. But in 97, hit a big shot to beat the Bulls in game one. Or maybe it was 98. And he, like, showed him up on the court. Like, he ran up and down the Bulls court. (laughs) And, like, Jordan's press conference after the series ended, like, three or four wins later, he's like, you know, I think BJ kind of forgot about us. He comes right back to it. And he's like, we just used his fire against him. And he's like, he's got to mention it. Hey, oh, we got Harper's. Uh, if are, you, are you feeling better? Is your, your internet working now? I think so. And yeah. Be good. Yeah. All right. Cool. I was Everything's in the better with the audio handling. quality, but then like apparently that's what the internet's bad. So you got to pick, you know. Everything oh, you is go. better with the hamburger. Oh, <laughs> Do you want to be famous? <sighs> we can't no. offer you. We're just. <laughs> no, I was going to say, whoa. It's a pretty heavy question for an and done. No, I know that is wow, crazy. Uh, no, I would rather be like have all the benefits, mainly the money, without people being up in my business. I guess would be the main thing I would enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I really. Well, you want to be you want to be rich. Yeah, right. The only the only thing with the fame that I think about is your ability to impact things. Like if you care about different like social. Uh, platforms or if you're really interested so you can bring a lot of attention and like i said before money or to that. you can choose not be, to which you or you can choose not to exactly which some, you know some people don't you know whatever, whatever comment of the night comment of the night <laughs> Heat it yeah. up. Hit it. let's on. talk let's move into that part because there yeah. was the fame but then there was also the controversy because jordan wanted to be apolitical like he just did not yeah. want to insert his hat into the rink when there was a perfect opportunity for him to be like you don't want to get too political ourselves on this show, but there was a very, very clear like, yo, this there, there's an opportunity for you just to give a little little speak up a little bit here in an instance that, um, you know, that's just teed up for you to do so. And he wanted no part of it. And I thought he was actually pretty candid in his comments now about it and maybe even in a good way. Just talking about like I didn't want to do it. Like I didn't want to. I've always maintained that uh, I would have. I think I would have respected him more if he had done it. But I. I don't (laughs) think it's ever wrong. I think everyone should have the the choice to not do that. So I've always defended that in that way. This was a very bad. Like it couldn't have been a worse. I feel Mm. like two people against each other for him to not uh, get it. This is good and evil. It's not really. Um, But that said, like I've always said, like you don't have to do it if if you do. I think more power to you. But but I I do defend that. And also the other thing he said was, you know, I was ignorant at the time of that. All I wanted to do was basketball. I told my mom, I don't know what this guy stands for. Again, pretty clear cut, which one's probably better. But I do also (laughs) think like if you don't know. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Like, what, what would you think if somebody came up and hey, endorse this guy? You could try to do as much research as you can. But if it's like, well, I don't know anything about him. I, yeah, I respect anyone know. saying, I don't know. I don't right. know enough. Yeah. The only I'm thing is this that, maybe yeah. feels like a context in which a hundred percent instinctual. We talk a lot about player empowerment and like, oh, players versus owners. Like 10 years ago, I was hook, line and singer on this. There's a lockout. And it's like, all oh, these owners are mm-hmm. so greedy, this or that. What we've learned over the last decade the players have taken power from the owners and managed to flex it and then have just turned into owners. They've just turned into the exact thing that they rallied against. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's Michael or LeBron or anybody in between, 
once they get that power, yep. they actually forget all these other That's things. what we've learned. There's not one group that's good or bad. There's no. whoever was in power was bad. Yeah. <laughs> With that, I always think power. about yeah, I always think about how CP3 and those guys are heads of the players union. Yeah. Like they're yes. not they're not they don't care about the Tory Craigs of the world. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what they're, they're, that's not who they're legislating for. So they're on a yacht. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron is actually the Jerry Krause of his own story. He's both the Michael and the Krause. Like we got to get this guy out of here. Like we're winning championships, but we could give Tristan Thompson so much more money. (laughs) What if I change teams? What a Jekyll and Hyde story. Or he's just asked about his actual current teammates, and he's like, "Yeah, I think those guys have a chance to be good someday." As he's Mm -hmm. trying to work their way out of the Los Angeles Instagram comment upcoming. Yeah. (laughs) How how great would it have been if LeBron slipped on to like like Brandon? Yeah, he's gonna be great in New Orleans. New Orleans. (laughs) Uh, You talking about? Like, I mean, uh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. He's too polished for that man. He was born in this in this fire, you know. He had that since high school. It's. Second nature to him. Last topic here on 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 MJ. So him walking away. Patrick and I used to have these conversations all the time when we were talking about like could they have won and kept winning. I feel like I can say definitively right now that they would have not kept winning. Jordan seemed like he was completely one hundred percent done. So much so for now. Part of it was he beat all of the guys. Right. He beat the Pistons. He beat Magic. He beat Larry. He beat Clyde. He beat um. You know. He beat Charles Barkley, who was the other guy. No, but again, at the time, Clyde was there like, you know, whatever. He's the next guy. He's coming up. He beat him. He beat everybody that was like sort of in front of him. And he got a three P. And I think he was like, one, I'm out of challenges. If I come back, I'm just going to redo a challenge that I've already beat. I've already crossed. And then two, he really was just mentally fried. Like, I don't think he had it in him at that point. And he needed to take a break. And to me. I, that to, it, that's like the best, biggest answer I've gotten to a question I didn't have an answer for. That is yeah. why he left. Do you feel the same way? That's a good point. Yeah, I and mean, not just MJ too. The whole team, like Scotty, yeah. like sat out for most of the year over contracts mm-hmm. and stuff. And, that, and clearly, we know how they feel about Kraus. Like that stuff wasn't gonna like get fixed. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, I think the other part is when he's sitting about, oh, maybe I should come back. Maybe I should. You said he finished all the challenges. He only thing that would really change his legacy is if he got beat. Like say he got upset, but then Utah got him like the next yeah. year. And then people are going to be like, Oh yeah, but then Utah beat him. Right. And he like a guy that really would like that on his resume so much. So, but then he went to the wizard. So what do I know? <laughs> I don't want to get into comparing and contrasting LeBron too much, but I have been thinking about this. LeBron went to those eight finals or whatever. And I do think that's an incredibly impressive feat. And it does put it in a different context. But if you think about it, 2007, he goes to the finals. He has 7, 8, 9, 10 as a run with the Cavs. Then he goes to a new team where none of those guys retired. They were all fresh. And he goes to four more. Then those guys are all burnt out. Chris Bosh retires shortly after. Dwayne Wade's Mm -hmm. done. He goes to Cleveland, gets another four-year run. To me, I'm wondering if, like, LeBron is superhuman, and we know this about him, Mm -hmm. but part of him yeah. getting out of there the teams were done whether that can't be overlooked right because like and, and this doesn't take anything away from his achievement but steve kerr always said this he said i think michael would have been ready for a fourth one but there's no way we would have right like he said like yeah. yes he would have been ready but the team has to be and we were done whether he was or not so i don't think, I think michael was ready though even for it well, i'm not saying i'm just saying i'm talking about from after 98 yeah. i think it was Kerr oh was i see yeah. in 93 i think it was championship him. become a scratch golfer like yeah. <laughs> it is wild but we have reached the point of the show anybody else have any final comments before we uh can i say one thing real quick or i guess two quick things Go uh, for isaiah Tom- thomas have you guys noticed the the back and forth now that's going between him oh and sure yeah and yeah thomas? i've been yeah. great but also going back to ron harper saying i got mj right have you guys seen greg elo coming out and saying, that's funny hearing Ron talk about defense. My memory of Ron is he never played any defense. We had to cover for him in the Cavs. Everyone remembers him <laughs> later with the Bulls becoming a defensive player after an injury. And now they think he was this defensive stopper. All he wanted to do was run and dunk on our team. I so love I love that it's feisty between yeah. the old Cavs, too. Did this you, is great. And do you see Oak said, I think we lost because Ewing wasn't as good as Michael Jordan. You're like, <laughs> no one's ever thrown a teammate under the bus harder ever. Like, no shit. Yeah. We, we, we got to dive into this later, bus. but Oakley has thrown Ewing under the bus a lot. Yeah. As, uh, as yeah, a center not, of the team. Yeah. So. Oakley throwing Ewing under the bus, what would that be like? Like, uh, 
Kyle Lowry throwing DeRozan under the bus. <laughs> Turns out DeRozan's just not as good as LeBron. Like, yep, you're not really seeing anything controversial there. Yeah, you're like, dude, leave him alone. His parents are telling him the same yeah. thing. He, he never even claimed to. Yeah. All right, it's time for the steps. Let's go. Rocky's back. Don't lose. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's really good advice. Uh, Hamburglar, I don't know if you know even how the steps work. It doesn't. Oh, work. I do. Okay. I'm a loyal listener, yeah. Loyal listener. All right, here we go. Let's, sure, let's make sure to reward that loyalty with some. Yeah, you're going to drop something <laughs> crazy. I'm going to ask the second question. Statistics show. I'm that here for your help yeah. on the Jordan Jordan question. Patrick, Jordan, yeah. Albert, and I, there's some of these he's going to be really good at, including this first one. What okay, number right. did Michael Jordan wear? Wow. <laughs> Uh, 23, but also 45 that one time. So. Ooh, there's there's actually, the third one was there 12. Was third one. Wow. We yeah. would have also accepted yeah. two tray. Like his, uh, oh, his God, yeah. That was- actually, we wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have got kicked off if I said that. Yeah. Second question, how many games did he wear? Number No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> number two. Oh, I forgot my animation. I'm I guess so- it doesn't really matter. Okay, there it is. It's right there. Um, two. <laughs> Don't say it doesn't matter. Who did the Chicago Bulls <laughs> defeat? In the '93 Finals, '93, Phoenix Suns. <laughs> oh, he froze! Not gonna lie, that was the year I was born. He's gonna. Uh, he said, uh, "Kicked off for freezing." Oh my! Um, year. No, no, Phoenix. He's back. He's back. He's barely back. We can't, we, we can't do the hamburger like that, Adam. He's he gets all the grace period he yeah. needs. Oh, Thanks, I buddy. Totally, I can totally do. All right. Um, what was the name of the general manager of the Chicago Bulls, who's widely quoted as <laughs> <The> saying, <what? laughs> "Players and coaches don't win championships; organizations win championships." Was the Krausenator? Yeah, Chicago Bulls. Incredible! That was just the first thing Jerry Krause thought of after <laughs> this freaking organization. Yeah. God. <laughs> so good. Wait, did, didn't he take Kukoc in the second round too? Is that true? Yeah. So after all of that about how much he loved him, he took That's him phenomenal. second in that yeah. draft. God, Kraus is probably shrewd so businessman. Yes, I get to rebuild around Tony. So shrewd. Number four. Which shoe company did Michael Jordan prefer to sign with before agreeing to a deal with Nike in 1984? Uh, he wanted to be an Adidas guy. Yeah, we've talked about this on this very show. You've been paying attention. Um, what is Horace Grant's relation to Jeremy Grant? I think it's, I want to say uncle. I believe that's correct. Yes. He didn't even ask oh, it. Oh, no. baby! Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, is sticker question. All right, Hamburg. No, I think you just got the sticker. That was number five. Um, okay. So you can have a sticker pack, or you can risk it all and go for a T-shirt. The thing is. I have this new laptop, and I actually do want some stickers. Yeah, for it. dude. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. It's a bare mentality. There's no Jordan mentality in these. I guys. love it. I love it. What I love I is that I'm a Joker guy. I'm gonna go play video games. Waiting in the wings. We we also had our other fellow sticker taker. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sticker squad. Bucket since '88. Bucket, sorry to see you today, but um, bringing you on here for uh, <laughs> at least for a final bow. If it makes you feel better, Bucket since '88 and Hamburglar, I had a whole online with D line all teed up. We're not, we're not even going to it. Jordan <laughs> hey, comes first in these times. You know? yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. The George, uh, get the, it. Uh, online with D line is going to be like the '97 and '98 dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> almost, almost got their shot. Oh, I thought uh, you just meant like curated by a bunch of white guys. I thought we were, ta- we were talking short shorts. But... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Delivered in short shorts. Bucket eighty eight. Any any thoughts that we didn't get to about Jordan in these last couple episodes? Uh no, I think you guys pretty much covered it. <laughs> got right. it all. Got it all. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Hey, yeah. Sign off, Adam. Will, right. you, will, you, will you let me share my screen for one second? I just have one thing. Yes. Right, I have for... to kick one person off. Who should it be? Uh, yes. Hamburger. Hamburger. I got the. Give me the boot. Oh, yes. Come on. This is for Harrison. Look at this. Oh, the DNVR inaugural oh. grand open. He, has, at... he can't even take his bow on here. How sad is that? And and 
Not only that. I have one more space. Why don't I bring up a vote? Oh, look at this. Oh, that photo is phenomenal. The DNVR circuit (laughs) champion, Brendan Vogt. He he played with Barca, so I have a couple questions about that. Really? Can I? Hold on. I got to bring Vogt on. What what were those questions? Was it it easy or hard for you to beat everyone in the entire tournament? (laughs) Yeah. Messi's kind of a chica, but I mean, any, you can pick whoever you want, I guess. You know, I had the third pick in the draft, so don't blame me. Wow. Yeah, what's best photo vote? Everybody has a, their best photo. Is it's it? phenomenal. Look at that. I mean, incredible. I, I mean, it's one of them. I just, I mean, I have so many to choose. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we had fun while you were on. See you guys. All right. Yeah. The headshots. Yeah, Everybody else, thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to be back again all week, Monday through Thursday, 8 to 9 o'clock, and then on Fridays, of course, at noon. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hamburglar, bucket since '88. I know it was brief. Another time, gentlemen. Look at the. I like. I feel like the survivor. I'm the the only one of the actual crew. That <laughs> I know. Re- All right. Well, we're out of here. Man, so. man. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, you are the Jordan. Yeah, took it too far. Okay. All right, guys. Fun show today. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you that Denver Rubber Company. First off, it's not what you think. Denver Rubber Company is actually the most reliable local partner. For your long-term projects, they can help you out with tons of different projects you guys might be doing around the house. They have custom hoses. Who would have thought? Foam gaskets, custom cut rubber. They've got tons of stuff that you guys might need. Metal parts as well. Denver Rubber Company can help you out with that. They also remain open to supply products to other essential businesses like medical, military, defense, government, wind energy, and food and beverage industries as well. Check out Denver Rubber Company because with their industry knowledge and their precise manufacturing capabilities, DRC is committed to supporting your needs, especially during these uncertain times. Check them out.